Well, good morning and thanks for joining us on this Thursday morning, making our way through a short work week for many. February break, kids off school and the weather definitely cooperating as well. Mild temperatures through the week. Well, we've been following this Arrive Cam thing for so long, and I've heard Pierre Polyev call it Arrive Scans, Scam, so many times. I actually called it that by mistake the other day. It's, you know, this is really something. The Auditor General report does not paint a flattering picture of the entire process involved in developing and rolling out the Arrive Can app. In fact, the Auditor General report has stoked the fire, I would say, for lots, including, of course, the Conservatives, to get to the bottom of this debacle and to hold someone accountable. Well, to unpack this and a few more things, a good friend of the show, Mr. Tom Korski, joins us, managing editor of Blacklock's Reporter in Ottawa. Good to have you on the show again, Tom. Thank you kindly, Evan. So I saw the article on your website referring to this as a $60 million boondoggle. <laughs> this really appears to be a constellation of screw-ups from the start. Most expensive app in world history. If you ask people in the app business, look, at, I, I need to spend $60 million. Can you get me that? They would say, well... That's like spending $60 million delivering chairs to the courthouse. Like, that's impossible, unless it's not an honest contract and everyone wants their cut. And this is the thing about ArriveCam. The cost overruns make no sense. You mentioned the Auditor General has said this was a ripoff. They paid way more than, than anyone would possibly charge on an honest deal to come up with an app like this. One committee was told, Evan, uh, France had its own arrive can. They spent $9 million. We spent 60 Come on. <laughs> and then, on top of that, you have the disappearance, the vanishing files. What happened? The, the, the Auditor General, she, God bless her, Mrs. Hogan is no Sheila Fraser. She follows the footprints in the snow leading up to the shed, but she won't open the door to the shed. She says the files were missing. You ask anyone who works for the government of Canada, you can't get a requisition for a coat rack without filling out forms in triplicate. Are mm-hmm. you telling me they awarded sole source contracts to inside dealers? $20 million at a go, and there was no paperwork. The implication was that files were shredded when they heard investigators knocking on the door. This is a bad one, Evan. I, and, you know, I mean, you hear people saying, well, this brushes up against criminality. I think it does more than brush up against it. I think it tramps all over it. Are you pretty confident we will see an RCMP investigation into this? Well, there are contractors who were worked on this project who are already under investigation by the Mounties regarding their general business mm-hmm. practices, if you get my meaning. It would be extraordinary if police did not look into arrive can per se why do we say that well there was an internal report an investigators report done by the canada border services agency that had management general management of the arrive can program everyone knows the cbsa one of the largest police forces in canada and their managers came up with a 360 page report they still haven't released it But some MPs got bootleg copies and started reading it into the record. Well, people's hair was lighting on fire. (laughs) Talked about bribery, talked about kickbacks, talked about fraud, destroyed documents, 1,700 vanished emails that were uh, allegedly attempted to be destroyed by a senior vice president. How hot is that report? The two executives 
associated with this were suspended without pay. That doesn't happen in this town. And they're now in federal court right this minute asking a federal judge to quash that report because they say it's too hot to handle. They think it's unfair. This is just a box of fireworks. Yeah. Tom Korski is my guest this morning, managing editor of Blacklock's Reporter, uh, who churn out incredible stories on federal politics, federal issues on a regular basis, which is why having Tom on is is a great thing to to have. It, it adds to this conversation. Tom, wh- explain to me, in your opinion, why liberals are stepping in front of the GC Strategies owners saying, no, we don't need to hear them at Government Operations Committee. It makes no sense. GC Strategies, this is the company that no one's ever heard of, but they became millionaires on this deal. This is a two-man, smallest of small businesses, two-man company, operates out of a home, a private home, in a town called Woodlawn, Ontario, not in the Silicon Valley. It's just up the Ottawa Valley, just up the road, a nice little town. And these guys are getting millions in sole source contracts, and no one can figure it out. And when you ask witnesses, when you ask department managers, who called these guys? Everyone stares at their shoes. I'm with you 100%. There is no implication that Cabinet directed this. There is no inference that that cabinet reached down and said, we want you to reward our boys. It's worse than that. The implication is the corrupt practices came right out of upper management at Canada Border Services Agency, one of the nation's largest police forces. We can't have that, Evan. Yeah. There, there are, there are managers to this day who are getting very nervous, and some of them have to be subpoenaed now to testify at committee. Well, you, you bring up a good point, Tom, because lots of time when we talk about this, especially the, just the whole arrive can thing, a lot of people listen to the radio station will text in or call in and say, Trudeau is a criminal. He should be going to jail over this. At the end of the day, the elected officials, at the, even with the, the most detailed RCMP investigation, the chances of them being implicated criminally is, I would say, almost non-existent. And there is no evidence that uh, we have to be candid. This, there's a, a lot of evidence on the table. None of it points to political interference. What it points to is sweetheart dealing where you had managers and their buddy contractors cutting up the cash. I mean, that's the definition of corrupt practices. No one can understand. How can you shovel out $60 million? You mentioned GC Strategies. The two guys working out of the house in Woodlawn, over $19 million in contracts. Auditors and investigators look at this and they say, these guys didn't even qualify for some of these contracts. They didn't even meet the minimum criteria. Other times, you know what they did? They wrote the criteria and then they bid. And guess who was the only one who was going to get that contract? If that's not insider dealing, this is not Trudeau saying, I need you to help a fundraiser. This is someone being a big shot inside headquarters at the Border Services Agency. It's unbelievable. So I'm going to ask you, this is maybe the most rhetorical question I could ask you, but I feel like we've sunk the can opener into the lid. We've given it one turn, and this is what we've uncovered. What if we take the lid off? Is this a problem that permeates through procurement and and just the federal government generally? The feds borrowed and spent half a trillion during the pandemic. That's a matter of record. One of the most, it got almost no attention in the day, but I remember it. There was a a former Crown prosecutor who had been involved in the Charbonneau Commission. This is the famous Quebec Crime Commission that sent a few mayors to jail. 
that was involved in kickbacks in the construction industry. Almost from the week that the pandemic uh, was declared by the World Health Organization and the contracts are flying. Calls were going out from the Department of Industry. Now we know Canada Border Services Agency and others. And this man came up to Ottawa and he testified in committee. He said, you watch this. You have to get on this. Don't tell me that people were frightened. It was a scary time. And, and we just wanted to do the right thing quickly. And we'll check out the accounting later. He said, no, no, no. This is exactly the moment you follow the rules. You need to do real-time auditing. And Evan, no one listened to him. But they're paying attention now. Yeah. So I want to shift gears a little bit. Tom, well, we've got you. We've only got a few minutes left here. But as soon as I heard about this fossil fuel advertising act that Charlie Angus was bringing forward, I mean, when my blood pressure came down to a point where I could think, I thought, I want to talk to, I want to talk to Tom Korski about this. Is this a politician who's out of touch? Is it a politician who's arrogant? Does he have a rogue ideology? What, what is the issue here? Well, Charlie has very strong feelings about uh, climate change as he sees it. And in fact, at one point, he proposed that oil companies, oil and gas companies, be charged for firefighting costs, regardless of what started the fire, because it's all part of the climate. I, I, I want you to, uh, if po- to the degree possible, um, send some, uh, metaphorically, hearts and flowers to Charlie. His riding just got redistricted along with uh, eight others in northern Ontario. The word on the street is that Charlie's career is drawing to a close. Certainly, he objected very, very vociferously to the redrawing of his boundaries when it came up in committee. Uh, I don't think Charlie's going to get another term on that alone. Hmm. Well, we've seen the provincial NDP distance themselves from the federal party on this and i've got uh, one of the mlas joining me actually after we chat so that'll be a, a topic of conversation there so while we're talking about statements made by federal politicians environment minister stephen Guibault, who has uh, drawn my ire more than once makes a statement about no more investment in roads then he comes back and says now nah, i didn't say that and then he says okay well if i did it was taken out of context let me clarify was it a freudian slip tom you know what? Of all people, there was a block MP. There was an MP from Quebec who actually put this together. The uh, Commons Transport Committee just yesterday said, come on down. It was a unanimous vote. It was moved by Mark Stroll, a conservative MP from B.C., who said, this is so radical and, frankly, berserk. We need to get Gibo in here so he can explain his thoughts about roads. My two cents, I don't want to be cruel. I think Minister Gibo is operating beyond his capacity and has been for, for quite some time. But having said that, what did the Quebec MP said? You know, he said, if this is some guy riding his little hobby horse at a luncheon for public transit advocates, which is what happened, if, if this is a guy just kind of riffing, just, he's, just, he's just feeling good in his video conference speech, and I'm just going to throw this out there. What do we have roads for anyway? What's with the internal combustion engine? Why do we even have this? As the block member said, you don't get to do that when you're a cabinet minister in a G7 country. Mm-hmm. You keep your little, your little opinions to yourself because guess what? You represent the whole country. You don't just represent your bicycle friends in downtown Montreal. I, I, I think Minister Gibo is not going to enjoy his appearance at committee, Evan. 
Tom Korski, managing editor, Black Locks reporter. My last question, and we've only got a few seconds left, but this whole rebrand of the Climate Action Incentive Payment, now it's called the Canada Carbon Rebate. Uh, I, I've seen it you know, categorized as lipstick on a pig. Is this, is this going to hold any weight with Canadians? Uh, no, they, they could call it a Reuben sandwich. It, like, it's just, we people are not stupid. <laughs> that's it. That's it. They weren't even to call it a price on pollution. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No. Reuben, free Reuben sandwich. It's not fooling anybody. You heard it here first. Tom Korski, thank you so much for the time today. Thank you, Evan. Tom Korski, managing editor, Blacklocks reporter. Uh, man, I love chatting with that fella. He, uh, his insights are great. Uh, works in Ottawa. He's got a great team. If you get a chance to go to their website, um, you do, you do have to subscribe to, uh, to be able to get the uh, news stories as they provide them. But I always appreciate their takes. Uh, and I just think he's such a colorful fellow to speak with. I always enjoy having him here. The polls are not looking good for the liberals. They've been showing a slide for a while. They've actually slid a couple of notches yet. We're going to dig into that. Next on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Thursday morning, and I very much appreciate having you join us. I'm Evan Bray. Good conversation with Tom Korski from Blacklock's Reporter, digging into the Arrive Can scandal that continues to unfold. And uh, what is going to become of that? The RCMP, no doubt, biting into that as an investigation. Are people going to be charged? I would say there's a very good chance, well, people are already suspended possibility of losing jobs i think it's going to uncover a lot probably going to uncover some fraud or something that constitutes a criminal offense and we will see charges there as we talked about and inevitably when we talk about this people are texting in saying trudeau's got to go to jail he's you know listen i'm not i'm not defending that the guy's the best guy in the world uh i have obviously my same concerns over how the country is being run however on the arrive can stuff the chance of him going to jail, it's like zero. I would say very close to zero. And that goes the same for all politicians. I mean, there are bureaucrats that were involved in making decisions that arguably were criminal, and I think consequences could be faced there. But it absolutely will affect the polls. And speaking of that, Nano's Research, who does regular polling on where things are at with regard to the federal government, just released a poll yesterday saying that the Liberals continue to slide. It's been a 15-point margin between the Conservatives and the Liberals. It's now 17. 17 points between the Conservatives and the Liberals. If an election were held today, it would, according to the polls, it would be a Conservative majority government. And, 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 and to that, by the way, one of the other questions they ask is, who, are, who is Canadians' preferred Prime Minister? Here, Polyev leads that list as well. In fact, when they drill down and they speak to liberal supporters and they say what needs to happen to improve things for the liberals, 39% of them say we need a new leader. 3% of them, 3% say Trudeau should stay of the liberal supporters. So that puts him in an interesting spot. And don't forget... Today, we're actually one week away from February 29th, and it was February 29th of 1984 that Justin's father went for that long walk in a snowstorm on the leap year and contemplated his political future and then came back the next day and said basically that he was done. I, I went to judo with my boy. 
That was Pierre Elliott Trudeau, 1984. After taking a long, thoughtful walk in a snowstorm on the night of February 29th, decides he's going to step away from politics. Liberals have to find a new leader. And it's a week today, February 29th. Lots of speculated, you know, will will Justin be that dramatic that he will, I mean, he's an old drama teacher, right? So maybe, maybe there's something there. But according to the poll, the Nanos poll, if you go online and read it, I mean, there's, you can drill down on a whole bunch of information, but it is clear that even the liberal supporters who feel like there's still hope in the next federal election feel like the hope is pinned to the possibility of a new leader as opposed to Justin staying there. Liberals are almost tied with the NDP, the federally now, when it comes to the polls, which is uh, quite an interesting thing. Speaking of the NDP, uh, we've got provincial NDP, MLA, Alina Young, who is joining us just after the break. We're going to talk about a few different things. She's very critical, the the provincial NDP, very critical of Scott Moe being in India right now, says there's fires burning at home. This is a bad time for him to go over there. Uh, You know, I'm not so sure I agree. But we can hash that out. Also, the provincial NDP have really distanced themselves from the federal NDP. Jagmeet Singh and crew not impressing them in some of the things that they've been doing, including, of course, the Charlie Angus thing, which we just talked about with Tom Korski. So we'll chat with her about that as well. Coming up next on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.